Welcome to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson and Barton Simmons. It's your call for the best college football coverage. From National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between, CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. Oh my goodness, that's right, sound the alarms. We've got an urgency, Barton Simmons. That's Barton Simmons, I'm Chip Patterson. The Cover 3 podcast was called into action earlier than expected. We normally sit down on Tuesday afternoons, uh, but this this cannot wait for the afternoon, Barton. Uh, at 6.30 or 6.45 Central Time, uh, Ohio State sends out a release announcing that Urban Meyer will be holding a press conference later today on Tuesday to announce that he intends to retire following the Rose Bowl against Washington. Uh, is there going to be a big coaching search? Nope. We have got it all locked up already. Ryan Day is going to be the new head coach moving forward. You know, we've got a lot of different questions and a lot of angles to get into it. Thank, thank you, uh, those of you who chimed in with questions on Twitter. We will address those later. So just for starters, Barton, when you grabbed your phone or when you opened your computer, um, in, instant reactions, instant thoughts here? Um. The smoke was real. Yeah, you know, we had we the, uh, credit to all the folks around the program that were hit, you know, tipping everyone off uh, that this was going to happen. Um, and if, if I mean, it felt like it was going to happen just based on Urban's responses and what the way Urban was was addressing it to the media. Um, but I, I, you know, this is just Urban really has has his he sort of made his his hay on recruiting and this is just another um another move that we're recruiting weighs heavily i mean the timing with the big 10 championship game in the books and the early signing day rapidly approaching and ohio state sitting uncharacteristically at 12th in the country in recruiting uh it just felt like um this was this was the time when they felt like you know what Let, let's let's give ryan day a chance to, to keep this thing rolling on the recruiting trail and um, the timing was right. So uh, it was uh, not surprising. Like I got up this morning and I was like, you know, getting in the shower and dealing with the kids and I got a text from CBS HQ saying, hey, we need you on. Uh, when can you be ready? And I didn't even know what was going on. But the first thing I thought was, I better be my retired. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it was yeah. just, it was that, it, it was that, um, you know, it was that prevalent to where it felt like it was just waiting for that shoe to drop. That's I'm well, I, I'm so glad because I find you one of the, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to lovey dovey you up, but you are one of the more uh, interesting college football minds to talk to. I enjoy our conversations here on the cover three podcast. And I mean that sincerely, but that I had not, uh, I had not yet, and thankfully, as the 24-7 sports director of scouting for a decade plus, you would have this. I had not even brought into consideration the timing aspect where Ohio State, if there is any uncertainty about Urban Meyer's future, then it is almost certainly being used against Ohio State on the recruiting trail. And as we're approaching the second early signing day, you know where we saw almost two-thirds of the blue-chip guys and you know, you you obviously. I'm guess you can help me with the stats, but I remember out of the top, you know, hundred, we had a ton of them off the board. Like maybe all but four or five of the top twenty five prospects according to the two four seven sports rankings. And if if that is going to be a deal breaker during the the closing period here on the recruiting trail, 
than just so you're saying just just being able to make an announcement, being able to say this is exactly w- how it's going to go, what's going to happen. That is Ohio State's uh, effort to not avoid missing out on a chance for a player just based on the cloud over Urban Meyer. Right. I, I think just to I, look, I, I don't know that no one that's committed to Ohio State is going to decommit because Ryan Day is a head coach and not Urban Meyer. Now, there may be guys that were already thinking about decommitting. Um, Jordan Battle comes to mind, who's out. Alabama's prioritizing a safety um, out of South Florida. Um, but, the, you know, I, I think now, though, anybody that Ohio State is recruiting or has committed, they, they, can, they just know Ryan Day is going to be the coach. They know Urban Meyer's not. You know, so before it was like, all right, is Urban Meyer going to be the coach? And if he's not... Who is going to be the coach? Right, and so the, just uncertainty in recruiting r- really matters, um, and and creates fodder for um, negative recruiting. And and Ohio State is, you know, obviously the level they recruit at, you're going to get a lot of negative recruiting and get kids with a lot of other really good options. Um, so, you know, I, I think like big picture, I think it's important to to look at. Ohio State and Urban Meyer in the in the recruiting vein. Like I think that's probably the the number one characteristic for Urban Meyer is that he is one of the greatest recruiters we ever seen. Um uh, from a head coaching position. And I think that when you look when you're an Ohio State fan and you look at this move and you wonder, okay, how, what, what, no, you know, what is the impact long term? Uh, I would look at it in a couple ways. I would say one, Urban Meyer is not a great recruiter because he is some dynamic closer, living room salesman. Um, you know, can can sell salt to a slug or whatever the phrases are. It's not <laughs> right, that's not right, who he is. Right. I mean, not not that he can't do that. I mean, he's a you get him in front of you. He's he's in, intense and compelling and all that. But I really think what Urban Meyer has done at Ohio State at Florida is prioritize recruiting in a way in which the entire program is aligned and directed towards recruiting. He is he has a staff that is vast and competent. He has one of the best directors of player personnel in college football and Mark Pantone. Um, and Urban Meyer puts in the effort in recruiting. And and that's, I think, probably the biggest characteristic that's important. When, you, when, when you're at Ohio State and you're recruiting against the other top programs in the country and you're an assistant coach at Ohio State and you bring a recruit – to campus or you're trying to close a recruit and you're in a battle with, I'm not even going to name the other programs because I don't want to expose other coaches as not being great you know, recruiters, but, but there's very few head coaches that are going to outwork Urban Meyer. I mean, you always hear from these kids, Urban Meyer you know, recruited me personally. Urban Meyer made me a priority. And I think ultimately that's what it's about for Urban is that he outworked other head coaches and that's why they've recruited so well. That's why their roster is so talented. When they get on campus, they're developed by Mickey Mariotti, a strength and conditioning coach, one of the best in the country, and so they develop better than anybody. 
And so when I look at this, the impact and, and, and that entire infrastructure and, and focus and mentality has raised the bar in the big 10 to where Jim Harbaugh and, uh, James Franklin and the other kind of new contenders in that conference have, have all forced themselves to get to because we're not that far removed from Brett Bielema at Wisconsin talking about how Urban Meyer is bringing in, you know, that this, that, that may stealing commits from others before signing day, maybe how they do it in the SEC, but that's not how we do it in the Big Ten. And right. like that was, that was laughable. And, right. and now it's a totally different culture there. And I think Urban Meyer set that tone and changed that and strengthened the entire Big Ten because of it. So, uh, you know, all that to say, I think while obviously there's a lot to get to in this, I do think the, the what he's done on recruiting is the most indelible impact in the pr- current state of the program. And I also think that because of the way he did it, as long as Ryan Day is willing to work his tail off, it's it is it's extendable. Like you can you can re up and you can extend that warranty on the recruiting trail. Uh, because Mickey Mariotti is still going to be there, right? Mark Mark Pantone is still going to be there, and that whole staff still knows what 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 is expected of them from a recruiting standpoint, based on the standard that that Urban Meyer set forth. Okay, I want to get to Ryan Day next, but real quick, do you think that Urban Meyer is the recruiting goat? I think Nick Saban's the recruiting goat. Mm. I mean, it's still there's still Nick Saban out okay. there. <laughs> right. number one class after number one class, but it's been those two. Yeah, and, right. And I think that. Um, and I and I and I think Urban Meyer. I mean, Urban Meyer was was recruiting it. He, he was beaten. He sort of set the tone in recruiting um, in the early two thousands at Florida, uh, and and I think he really mastered it before anybody else. Whether that meant the Friday Night Lights stuff and making an event of camps, whether that meant just cr- creating a an energy and around the program creating a, a staff that was totally geared toward it. I mean, Mark Pantone was really, is really the pioneer of the director of player personnel. Right now, these guys are sort of um, – there's a, there's a shift taking place on off-the-field guys with directors of player personnel becoming ult- basically GMs, general managers in the NFL model to where they're, they're evaluating, they are um, hosting visits, they are coordinating uh, the staff, Whereas in the old days, it used to just be those guys would basically like um, be logistical aides to official visits and recruiting operations. They weren't really GMs. And Mark Pantone has been one of the first guys to sort of pioneer that role. And that's, that's because of Urban Meyer's sort of um, vision, what a recruiting staff looks like. Okay, so Ryan Day, he takes over the you know for our coaching carousel purposes is about as clean as it's going to get considering the the job that Ohio State is, the names that potentially could have been connected there. Keeping in mind the names that could have been connected there, you know, how do you grade the hire and what stands out to you? Let me ask you this. Where are you where are you in comparison to Link Riley over Bob Stoops um, and Ryan Day taking over Urban Meyer. Do you feel like this is a um, an equal, lesser, comparable hire? Where are you at with that? It is a lesser hire on the field, and I think it is a much-needed hire off the field. And that was what I wrote this morning about Day, is that while Urban Meyer 
had his time as a graduate assistant. He had his connection to the legendary coaches. He grew up in Ohio. He had all the deep roots and connections. Like that's what made Ohio State fans be able to rally behind Urban Meyer and like sort of felt like he was, you know, one of their own, even if, you know, he he didn't play at Ohio State, but he was an Ohio guy through and through. And I think that some of the loyalty and some of that insider connection probably contribute no definitely contributed to the scandals and the some of the right. issues that we've seen over the last six months. And so what I wrote for CBSSports.com was Ryan Day is an outsider and an outsider is exactly what Ohio State needs right now. I mean, you know, New England guy through and through, played at New Hampshire, from New Hampshire, spent so many of those early uh, years of his coaching career uh, as a young buck on on old, like old Boston College staffs before he even came back and really made a good impression with Steve Adazio, with Andre Williams and Tyler Murphy in 2013 and 14, you know, old Temple staffs. And, and so he's got his NFL experience with Chip Kelly at both the Eagles and the San Francisco 49ers. And so for him to come in without having, whether it's, you know, good or bad, but without having any baggage or, or any necessary connections to Ohio State, I think that that's exactly what that Ohio State football program needs right now. And then the most encouraging thing that I saw moving forward is that he's going to keep Pantone on, on board. Uh, we're seeing reports that he's going to keep Mickey Marotti on board. Uh, we don't know about you know your Greg Schiano, your Kevin Wilson, but I probably think that's as much up to Greg Schiano and Kevin Wilson on whether they want to be there. But if Alex Grinch stays on, man, I just... I feel like given the way that the Urban Meyer, and we talked a lot about how Urban Meyer's loyalty you know, probably was his downfall in a lot of the scandal, I think that because of that, it is not as, I'm not, you know, Lincoln Riley had already done work as offensive coordinator that led me to believe, you know, that that was going to be awesome right away. I don't think the three games that Ryan Day was interim head coach necessarily gives me the same kind of confidence that it's just going to, you know, keep that, that it might change. But in terms of the big picture, the future of the Ohio State program, I really, really like the fact that he's not coming in with a whole bunch of names and numbers of people that he feels like he needs to please or appease moving forward. Yeah, I, I think so. And, and yet he's still obviously um, ingrained in the culture just based on being there for a couple of years now. Um, and I, I think... Like the way I look at it is when when Lincoln Riley came to Oklahoma, th- there was a very clear and very evident upgrade, like a dramatic upgrade, an exciting, um, revolutionary in some ways upgrade offensively. Um, I mean, they were good on offense, but Lincoln like it was qu- very quickly everyone saw why Lincoln Riley was such a a um, hot name, such a highly coveted coordinator. And while Oklahoma was recruiting at a high level under Bob Stoops, and Bob Stoops was by no means sort of in some Mac Brown territory where he had just started mailing it in, like they were still recruiting top 10 classes and, and good classes that turned, panned out. But there was also, I think, significant upside to Lincoln Riley you know, being able to add some more energy on the recruiting trail as well. I think where o- Ohio State program is right now, there's a little less – like they're a little closer to their ceiling. Obviously, their ceiling is sort of the highest. You know, it's a ceiling that no, not many other teams have. I mean, 
I mean, if, te- if, if Texas it. wins that game, then Ohio State's in the college football playoff right now. Right, right. So, yeah. So that's not to say that they're like underachieving. Right, no, 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 I'm no, just no. saying that they're they're so like, they're, the program's already clicking at such a high level. Like, you're not going to recruit much better than Urban Meyer has been recruiting. So when I think about this, like, what's where can there be an improvement? I do think that conceivably, like we when Ryan Day came last year, there wasn't some obvious. Um, upgrade offensively in the way there was with Lincoln Riley I think in part because Urban Meyer's hands were still so heavily involved in the offense Kevin Wilson was still technically the offensive coordinator and even this year there were some times when as explosive as Ohio State was we were sort of like what what are they trying to be like can they score in the red zone why can't they run the football Um, why are they throwing it 72 times against uh, Purdue but as the seasons progress and you kind of look big picture and you look at what their offense did, I think there's reason to be like pretty excited about what Ryan Day can can do over the long term with this offense. And I actually think when you look at this I I I wonder if this if this is going to be even better maybe than your best case scenario envisions in the sense that all right, now Urban Meyer is out of the offense. He's he's not I, I think they can be I, I think when his hands are on that offense at Ohio State, it can get a little tight. It can get and real it, tight. <laughs> and it can revert sort of back to the comfort zone of just, you know what, we're just going to run mesh. We're just going to run crossers. And, and look, I'm not saying, I'm not knocking that. That's what crushed Michigan. But, you know, I think what, what Ryan Day has done is, is allowed them to, you know, um, expand their wings a little bit. And, and I also think, when you just look at Urban Meyer's mentality on the sideline and how clinched up he is, I think you know you t- the team's going to feed off of that. And at some point, like I, I would suspect that Ryan Day, I think there's a chance that Ryan Day is is a is a good balance and a welcomed um, a welcomed oversight on this team in the sense that. Hey, they're still going to be Ohio State. They're still going to be great. They're still going to be well coached offensively, and yet maybe they'll be a little bit. They'll maybe they'll be a little looser. Maybe they won't feel the the weight of the world every game. Um, and and so I I I think while there's not how a whole ner- lot of yeah, room, how nervous are you if your head coach looks like he's just about to collapse on the side because you dropped a third down pass? Yeah, he looks like he's yeah. I mean it's. It, he, when when big plays happen, when negative plays happen in games, he doesn't even reassure his team. He doesn't even encourage them. He just folds and puts <laughs> yeah, his head down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not, I, I'm not laughing like, at his health. Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's not new. I mean, he's always kind of been that. But I just I do think that it's not it, it's not heresy to say that Ohio State might actually be better on the field without Urban Meyer than with him. Um, I don't think it's a given, but I, I think it's. I think you know we're allowed to entertain that that might in fact be the tr- be the case. Um, I, I so you mentioned earlier that the smoke was real. I I wonder, you know, who knows what deals were struck up, but I imagine that Ryan Day has known for some time now that this is a possibility, right? Well, let's credit. I mean, like Ari Wasserman from the Athletic reported back in like September. I feel like that. You know, um, moves were Ryan being Day made to prepare yeah, this to of, happen. 
yeah, coach in waiting or whatever. So, and I, and, and just even the hunch, I mean, Ryan Day had opportunities and, and I, the, the, you know, what I heard is sort of when Urban Meyer hires you, he, you know, you, he tells you, Hey, I, I need you to commit to me to two years. And so maybe, maybe Ryan Day wasn't going to bounce after one year regardless. But I also suspect that Ryan Day sensed when he turned down some opportunities last year that there was op- there was going to be an opportunity or or that there was a chance for an opportunity at Ohio State. Maybe not this year, but in the not-too-distant future. Uh, so it, it feels like the wheels have been grinding on this and the wheels have been in motion uh, for for a while now. And that's what makes me suspect that you know whether it was – you know, during his time as interim or as he was reflecting on his time as the interim coach, as he's moving about the building, as he's running training camp, as he's going through the responsibilities, I've got to think that he had like, it was almost like he was doing a Ryan Day audit. And that's where I come back to the idea that him being an outsider might be really good. And the the idea that if he's keeping around uh, Pantone and Mickey Marotti, that he has a good view of what actually makes this Ohio State program tick and what makes it successful, that he was just going around that building, just kind of, you know, making notes. And I I would like to see the offense change a little bit. I'm curious to see, you know, how how this impacts the way Ohio State looks on Saturdays. But I feel like he is going to be able to say, I. I sat in these shoes or I sat in this position for about six weeks or six or seven weeks. And and these are the things that I experienced. These are the things that I thought went well. I mean, they might keep the the structure of practice exactly the same, or they might change it totally. But I, I just have a little bit more confidence that again, if you're saying he's a 39 year old, he's never been a head coach. Like he is like, this is in some ways, you know, sort of hand in the keys. You always like to talk about that big shiny car that Ohio State is. Like yeah. it, you're handing a very nice car to the whiz kid to sit to hope he doesn't wreck the car on prom night. And I, <laughs> I am, I am wonder, I am curious, and I am encouraged, uh, but I am also remaining a little bit of skepticism as I'm giving double thumbs up on Ryan Day, the outsider who will break the, who could potentially break the trend of sort of succumbing to the the pressures of the Ohio State family, I am I am also willing to accept that they might go eight and four next season and everyone could be screaming their heads off. You know, when I was uh, in high school and I got my first car, I didn't I didn't really know that you had to change the oil. Like <laughs> I just didn't know. I was like no one told me I had to change the oil. And you know, one day I was driving and I threw a dang rod in my car and like just it was kind of a mess. And so, you know, someone needs to be make like, there's a lot to navigate to be the head coach of Ohio state. I mean, it is one of the biggest tasks in all of college football. And that's why, and so like when we start to hear some, uh, some of the speculation or I don't know if there's actually been reporting, but I've seen just a little bit of buzz circulating of what could urban meyer do next and one one possibility would be to just sort of stay in stay at ohio state in some sort of mm. uh, off the field role within this the sort of leadership training of sorts which look I, I think um that would be of benefit probably to ryan day if 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 urban meyer is there to make sure he doesn't throw a rod make sure he t- changes the oil don't forget and <laughs> yeah. at least for a, a year or two 
I mean, I just think about like the Ohio State program and all these like this this avalanche, this like this laundry list of of like coaching cliche phrases that they that they live by. What what is it? E plus O equals R or whatever. <laughs> it's or e, plus e plus R, R equals o. o. Event plus response yeah. equals out. We yeah. always tell our guys E plus R equals O. Event plus response equals outcome. Like you go into that football building and there is a every door, every um, nook, every cranny, every wall. There's like a different, like mind blowing phrase to live by. And Urban Meyer has accumulated all those over a long career of coaching. And now you got Ryan Day coming in. And it's like he's got this, you know, I don't know. He's he's still learning all the he, he's still learning all the phrases. Um, he actually just, messes it, up. He's like together, everybody <laughs> achieves. Right. I don't know what the M is. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's it, yeah. So it's like I, I mean, there is. I think um, it's kind of hard to um, imagine. Uh, being 39 and taking on the weight of and your first head coaching job taking on all the weight that has built up on the urban Meyer's shoulders um so i think in some ways it would it it probably wouldn't be meddling it probably wouldn't be feel like uh someone looking over your shoulder a big brother if urban Meyer stayed and just kind of stuck around for a couple years to make sure that uh you know he's got all the all the answers to the test bob stoops has uh, maintained a presence but not an overwhelming presence for Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma. Frank Beamer was absolutely critical to a smooth transition to Justin Fuente. Bobby Bowden and Jimbo Fisher did not, uh, that transition did not go as well. And I think it played a big role in Jimbo Fisher needing about two to three years before he could get Florida state up and rolling. So I, from, from using those three recent examples as evidence, I would say that Urban Meyer doing leadership training or whatever he wants to do, it might not be a bad thing, for sure. Yeah, um, and I think it, the the relationship that Urban Meyer appears to have with Ryan Day's like when with you always felt like the Bobby Bowden Jimbo Fisher thing was adversarial not adversarial maybe too strong of a word but it was there was it was almost like you know Jimbo was being thrust upon Bobby. Yes. To a certain degree. And and a little bit like Mac Brown and and Will Muschamp. Sort of Mac Brown was like reluctantly saying Will Muschamp was the coach in waiting. But you know what, guys? I I don't really want to go anywhere. Uh, Whereas this was all, this felt like this was of Urban Meyer's making. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but it felt like Urban Meyer was maybe even more comfortable going out knowing that Ryan Day was, was, was on hand. It felt, you know, it feels like this has always been, um, uh, a a group effort in terms of uh, everyone sort of aligned in terms of what the expectation here and and it never felt like Ryan Day was was you know kind of out of out of bounds or 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 you know um I don't know I it felt felt like it felt like this was this was I'm I'm, I'm I'm bad with my words this morning, but I, it's, they I were like a lot. No, no, you had it with aligned. Everyone's everyone is in lockstep <laughs> yeah. together. Um, yeah. All right, let's 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 go to some uh, listener questions. Let's see. We got to is the right move. I think we Chase Thomas asked if it's the right move. How does it affect recruiting? I think that we addressed that earlier. 
Um, how does this matter in Zach Harrison's recruitment? And will I be more or less sad after Ohio State beats Michigan again next year with its first-year coach? From Kevin on Twitter. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great question. Uh, with Zach Harrison, I would imagine this helps just again to create clarity because Zach Harrison, who for those that don't know, five-star kid, six foot six, two hundred and fifty-five pounds, freak athlete, runs a four-five forty, runs a ten-seven hundred meter defensive end, just a just a freak show. And Penn State and Michigan um, are are right there in the mix with him. And this is a kid that is literally like he goes to. Olatangi High School, which is, you know, the Olatangi River is, is right there, runs through Columbus. It's it's a – he is in the shadows of the horseshoe. And so you want to get a kid like that. And I think just the fact that there's been uncertainty with Ohio State has has hampered the recruitment a little bit. So while I think Ohio State is, is playing catch-up right now on his recruitment, um, he is – this, this I think, would at least help provide some clarity and maybe help turn the tide a little bit um, – but I think the second question, like, what? How does a Michigan fan treat this? Like, are you relieved, or are you just like, okay, if we can't beat him without Urban Meyer, then now what? Right. Uh, yeah. Right. 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 That's Michigan fans have been beat into such a, a place of submission in the rivalry that that's where you're at. Because otherwise, you're cheering. Right. Urban's gone. This is the guy who's been beating us up. We you know, Urban Meyer's never. We've ne- Michigan's never beaten an Urban Meyer coached Ohio State team. And that ne- that game next year is in the big house too, man. Coach Harbaugh, do not let Ryan Day come in and beat you in your home stadium. I, that sort of feels like if I'm a Michigan fan too, I, I I feel like I just well we just lost that we lost that battle. Like the Urban Meyer era goes to Ohio State. A hundred percent. You know, like yes. we, you know, we we failed we failed the urban meyer era so yes. hopefully we can do better in the ryan day era yeah the best thing you can do as a michigan fan is uh is just close the book and hope for the best so i would i would say that you would be more sad if ohio state beats michigan again uh what do you think about shiano got a couple questions on that including from chase and uh marco do you think he stays on board or do you think that he throws his name in in the assistant coaching carousel and ends up going somewhere else well it'd be i'm curious what Ryan Day wants to do with him, um, whether he's factors in, whether he, you know, whether Ryan Day wants to make that kind of a shakeup. I do think, like the look, Greg Schiano had a didn't have a good year as a defensive coordinator this year, and mm. I, I think that that's fair to say. And I think all the Tennessee fans who are like, oh, oh, you know, why didn't Greg Schiano get the head job if if he was such a great hire? Um, I get I get where you're coming from. But Greg Schiano to Tennessee was never about he. Here comes the football whiz, which I'm not saying we you know, people didn't think of him that way. But but the 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 reason Greg Schiano was supposed to be a good hire at Tennessee was because he would have brought discipline, accountability, and toughness to a program that didn't have it, it, it with the, within their development. And and so I think while you have to take a look at Greg Schiano and b- make sure he is the right fit right now at Ohio State as an offensive coordinator. I do think when you're talking about the culture of your program, the discipline, the hard work that it takes to be great off the field, having Greg Schiano on your coaching staff is still of, of benefit to a guy like Ryan Day. And so I think it'll be interesting. You know, Maybe we see 
Alex Grinch take over the defensive coordinator job yeah. and Greg Schiano take a step back or or just sort of they reverse roles into Grinch being sort of the primary co-defensive coordinator and Schiano being the, the, the supportive co-coordinator. I don't know, but I do think that, again, when we, there, there's still plenty of reason to, th- you know, Larry Johnson is still just as important as ever. Greg Schiano still is very important. Um, I, th- I think there's still a lot of coaches within that staff that bring a lot to the everyday um, chopping of wood that goes on within that program. You know, we always say around here, E plus R equals O. <laughs> got to have, have some other guys that got the stuff memorized. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, any, anything else? Well, I mean, we're going to circle back. We still had uh, other other shows planned for you this week, I promise, uh, including uh, breaking down. We've got a lot more coaching movement to discuss. Uh, Want to get... Want to link up with Fernelli? He's he's ranked every single bowl. He's got bowl rankings and takes on every single one of them. So maybe we could, uh, you know, shoot the breeze about that as well as get some Army Navy picks on later in the week on Thursday. Anything else, uh, herb related? You want to get out here? I think that's the that's that covers it in the initial reactions. I'm sure there'll be more as we um, as a, as the week progresses. There's a lot of coaching carousel moves that are taking place that we'll want to touch on later. Uh, and, and maybe we can circle back on whatever we uh, we didn't think about in the initial aftermath. Right, we'll of, have a uh, press conference later today. Yeah, but so no, we'll have more to chew on for sure. Um, he is Barton Simmons. Thank you, Barton, for uh, getting activated uh, on, on short notice. We all have. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Barton Simmons. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Barton, thank you very much. Deserve. Yes,